everybody. Grab your Bible and a pencil, your journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee. And join in on the conversation. But first, I'd like for you to write this down. Judges 2, verses 8 through 12. It's a lot of verses, so hold on. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timaherdes, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works that he had done for Israel. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed other gods and their surrounding people and bowed down to them. They angered the Lord. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara. I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we talk about the book of Judges and we talk about the Israelites. I think this is the last episode we're going to talk about the Israelites, but we talk about how they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And we talk about Gideon and signs and wonders and how do we know, can we ask God for signs and wonders? So we are really glad that you're here. Pull up a chair and listen in. Well, Kara, hmm. good morning. Wow. We're in Judges. Yes, yes, yes. I'm still happy, even though I'm so irritated with these people. Like, for the love. I mean, of all the verses to pick out of Judges, though, you didn't really well, pick Well, there you a, go. I know. <laughs> you didn't really pick a light and fluffy one. Well, I know, but I'm just wanting the people that are in our conversation to just get ready because here we go again. Judges is just really a book about uh, a cycles. Uh, first, they disobey God, and then they are disciplined, and then they repent, and then they're delivered. And so what's the difference in this than any of the other books we, we've been reading? Well, seriously, that's true. I think it's just seen so much in Judges because of the Judges. These are like civil leaders, and we'll see that they're tired of God leading them and they want a king. So can you explain for me and the people like exactly what was the role of these judges? Because spoiler alert, at the end of judges, they're like, hey, we don't want this. We want a king like all these other people. So Mm -hmm. what was the difference between a judge in terms of, you know, this context, a judge and a king? Well, the judges was just civil rights. These were the people It came out of the monarch. Matter of fact, you know, after Joshua and, and then the uh, tribes, the 12 tribes and the people, they would pick a judge. So it was just a civil leader. It was just someone among the group. And so they weren't necessarily in charge. Well, they did look to them, but they were just judges. They're just okay. leading the people and they were flawed. And the most important thing to know is that they were flawed and God still used them. And uh, well, that's like anyone in the Bible, yeah. Well, for Jesus. which is the comfort of that, yes, yeah. that's true. The thing I think today, as we know, is just like the cycle, and I, and I know that we can identify with the cycle of you know, we really, you know, get sold out to God, we really want to follow Him, we want to do and be obedient to Him, we want to lead Him. You know, we just left uh, last week talking about how God was going to go before them and how that they were going to worship 
God. They were going to be so obedient to what God was doing, and they were following him. God went into the, you know, ahead of them in the Jordan River and with the Ark of the Covenant. And then, you know, he told Joshua to go into the camp and to consecrate all the people. And all the people are, oh, you know, oh, yay, we're going into the promised land, and God's so good, so we're going to follow him. We're going to do everything. And God would say uh, to the Israelites over and over again, wherever you go, be set apart. Don't be like the people around you. And, you know, a lot of times people follow leaders. And, you know, when Moses died, we would see that they would, you know, even if Moses didn't even die, he was just away for 40 days. You know, they wanted the golden calf. Mm -hmm. And then they were following Joshua. And now here, God is appointing these uh, judges. They're just like civil leaders that, you know, they knew the law. But as, you know, people sometimes love to follow and put people on pedestals, you know, a lot, a lot of stuff goes on. Yeah, and didn't the Lord tell the people to, like, whenever they would go in and, hey, you're going to take over, you know, this tribe in the promised land or whatever, and they he would tell them, basically, don't keep any of their stuff. Like, don't like mm-hmm. get don't rid be a of part of them. Yeah, like don't um, tear down their their idols, tear yes. down the Ishmael, yeah. you know. And sometimes he would give them the spoil. Sometimes he would give them, you know, the the farm animals, the cows and goats and the sheep and stuff like that. Sometimes he would give them that, but sometimes he'd say destroy all of it. Mm-hmm. And what he knew is obviously he knew his people. And he knew that they were so prone to wonder. And so, you know, he was pretty much saying, when you go into this land, do not be like them. And, you know, as Christians today, as followers of Jesus, that's one of the things, you know, I struggle with, not necessarily with myself, even though I should struggle with this with myself, because I can be just like the world. And when I start looking at other believers or people that say that they're Christians, and then they don't live like Christians, I find myself starting to judge them. And I'm not the judge. God did not make me judge. And he didn't, you know, appoint me to be God over the Christians. Mm -hmm. Well, I do think that is what is so hard. And this is where it's just for us to focus on our own self Mm -hmm. in this regard and not judging others, which is really hard. But I do think it is really difficult to be set apart and to see that as a good thing. You know what I mean? Like to see that and to like to remember that that is what we are called to. To be set apart and be be different. mm -hmm. You know, and God wanted them to represent Jehovah, that this is God. This is what God's told me to do. This is what God's told me to live. And he gave them, you know, the ways to live and how to live. And he wanted the people around, remember, uh, even with Egypt, and he was saying, you know, when they come after you, they're going to know that I am God of, of the Israelites. I am your God. And so for us, even as believers, that's one of the things we want to um, glorify God. And we want others to see that there's a difference in us. And sometimes it's, you know, it's hard, and especially if we're living like the world. And I think that that's something out of Judges we definitely could get out of. God did not like it. God was not happy that they were living uh, just like the people around them mm-hmm. and and disciplined them. Yeah. So can I bring up something else in Judges? Sure. 
<laughs> um, I guess you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Might as well. There's a couple of things actually that I wanted to one point out. And then also there's something I wanted to ask you about. And I'm not completely done with judges and our reading. Um, shocking. No, behind. Mm-hmm. Behind. Um, but since this is the only episode we're going to talk about judges, I wanted to bring up Gideon. And I really, well, I don't know if I should love this, but I really love in Judges 6, verse 13, I believe. But he says, Gideon is talking to an angel of the Lord. And he says, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are all of the uh, where are all I of his wonderful you deeds? <laughs> where are all of his wonderful deeds mm-hmm. that our fathers recounted to us, saying, "Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt?" But I mean, I don't really know what I feel like. I could sound I'm beating a dead horse because if you listen to last week's episode, clearly this is something yeah. I'm struggling with, and I'm not crying in this episode, but which is nothing's changed. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I you know I feel like that too of like. If the Lord is with us, and I do, I know that things happening is like either God allows it or he, mm-hmm. and sometimes we don't know if it's, you know, of the Lord or not. We know that he allows things. But anyway, I just love, I mean, one, I love that that is even like noted in Judges that Gideon mm-hmm. is like, yeah, mm-hmm. and that is who God calls and Obviously, Gideon is, I think, I mean, he's one of the good judges, right? Like he, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Lord is with them yeah. and he, Yeah. What you're saying about it is what most people say about God. If God is such a good God, why is all these things happening? Yeah, like I've heard about all these amazing things. Yeah, and so he's saying if God's really with us, then why aren't things going so well? And that would be uh, what I would call prosperity gospel, that people are looking at things that are going on in the world, or are they're having some issues, things aren't turning out the way they thought they were turning out, uh, lives as we have talked about, you know, broken dreams, or you're in a place you never thought you would be at at this certain age or at this certain uh, time in your life. And so a lot of people really blame God. And this is not necessarily, because I don't know Gideon, never talked to him, I'm old, but I'm not that old. And, um, but Obviously, in there, it he does seem to question God, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it gives us a little hope. I mean, it yeah. is because it's like, yeah. well, Gideon's a good one. Yeah. But, and he still wants to do, uh, question God. In this story and storyline of Gideon, would you say that what is happening is because of the disobedience, though, of the Israelites? Yes. That's what's happening now. I mean, Genesis 3, we're in a world of sin. And so, you know, Gideon didn't necessarily talk about, well, look what God has done, but the people disobeyed him, so we deserve everything we get. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, they're blaming God. And, you know, even last night I was with a group of, of girls, and they were talking about kind of like this, like, you know, why is it that, you know, God would turn around and punish you know, the people or disciplined them mm-hmm. uh, when they disobeyed. And, you know, they were talking about how sin doesn't sit still. Mm-hmm. Actually, I said that and how, you know, it gets worse. And, you know, you think about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you sit, think about Noah's time. And then you just look at where we are right now with the judges and how often, you know, God's people just disobey him and don't right. go totally opposite of everything he says. But nobody looks at that. 
they're looking at God like, well, why can't you come in here and save us and stop all this right. sin? And God should say, why don't you stop sinning? <laughs> right. Well, it's not like Gideon is saying, why is this happening to us? You're a horrible God. He's just saying, why is this like, why is this happening to us? Because I know it's almost like he's saying, because I know you are a good God. And I've heard how great you've been, and I've heard about what you've done. Yeah, so yeah. I think that is definitely, you know, he there's it seems like there's an element of you, you know humility and just like this honesty of where are you at. I know you're good. And, <laughs> well, yeah, and but. I think that's a good, yeah, and I think that's a good point that you're putting out because you can say what Gideon's saying in two ways. You can say, mm-hmm. God, I know that you're good. And I don't really know what's going on around here, but I know that you're good because I've heard about all that you've done, you know, in the past. I've heard about the Red Sea. I've heard about you protecting and guiding and leading the people. Or Gideon could have said, so what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Why is everything so bad? If right. you're such a good God, yeah. why are you doing this? And I'm just going to choose to go with the first one. I'm just going to choose because God uses him. Now God uses people that are right. Well, know, I think sinful. the Lord's response is a kind of a clue and like for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. So how he probably was posturing that question. And I also love, you know, a little bit later in 6 how Gideon says, "Behold, my clan is the weakest and I am the least in my father's house." And I love that too. Like that's who God mm-hmm. chose. Like not only was yeah, like what not only was the clan the least of those among the other clans and households in Israel, or it, among the Israelites, Israel wasn't established necessarily, I guess. But he was also the least. He was the least of the least. Mm-hmm. And I love mm-hmm. that's how God, you know, he he chose. I mean, we see that continually in the yeah. in the Bible, and that's so hard. I think mm-hmm. too, going back to what you're saying at the beginning of. Comparing or not comparing, but living in the world, that is not how the world operates. We pick the highest, the most powerful, and look up to them. Mm-hmm. We don't tend to value or look to the least of these. I think one of the things about Gideon, you know, he would say, Well, if you're with me, if I know that this is what you're going to do, if you are going to be with me, show me a sign. And a lot of people, again, take that as doubt. Well, that was actually what I wanted. The other thing I wanted to bring up and ask you about is because the sign of the fleece that is at the end of mm-hmm. chapter six. And because the Lord does say, you know, do not test me and basically like don't demand or ask for signs. But in, I mean, Gideon does, you know, he says, show me a sign, you know, let, and that, you know, like let the fleece have do and nothing else have do mm-hmm. and then vice versa. Yes, again. So what, what do you think the difference in what Gideon's the sign of the fleece and what's the like tension between? Well, and you know, later on, uh, God talks about the Israelites in Psalms and in Hebrews as well and says, you know, I never, that first generation, because all they wanted was signs. They just, you know, they were looking out and wanting miracles and they didn't know my ways, but they knew, you know, they were always looking for a sign or something you know, miracle or something. And I think that the difference is the heart, and that's where we don't know uh, the heart. And I think there's a difference in, again, looking at both sides of it. God, show me the sign, because I'm not going to do it unless you uh, show me a sign, because I don't trust you, versus, God, I do trust you, but I don't trust me. 
and I need a sign. I need to know that you are really with me. Or like confirmation. That you are. Yes. And so I think, you know, because, and it could just be out of grace and mercy. You can't put God in a box. You know, God can one day get mad and get a sign. Another day, he's like, I understand. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to speak for God. I will say, because God does say that he knows our hearts and he looks at our motivation and he acts accordingly based on our heart and our motivation. But I do believe that there could just be this way of Gideon saying, God, I've heard all about you. I actually haven't seen what you've done, and I don't trust me, so I need to know that you're with me. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that that's what we should do. I, I believe that we should question sometimes uh, so many people think that these signs and things that are happening in their life, that, oh, this is God doing it. What well, may not be. Yeah, so asking confirmation, discern, discerning the spirits, mm-hmm. really. Well, Karen, that's what Write This Down is all about. Because whatever we talk about or whenever I'm with someone, I say, write this down. And go ask God if what she said is true or what you know I think you're saying. If it's true, mm-hmm. then show me how to move forward in it. But if it's not true then you certainly don't move forward. So God's up to our questions, and He mm-hmm. understands if we question or not ourselves, but it's questioning God, I think, is the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That's, I feel like that definitely is. And especially, I think, if you're going to Him and testing Him of, like, prove to me you are, he, you know, like this, like, there's a little bit of combativeness, you know, like this, mm-hmm. like, prove to me that you are who you are. And God's like, I, I, don't, I don't need to prove anything to you. I don't you know? need to prove, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, he, he's God. So, yeah, I think that, and I do, I mean, you know, God is not a God of confusion. So, if you are confused, take it to God, you know, like, he, I mean, God mm-hmm. is, he will, I believe he will clear it up. And even, I think there's a difference in being confused and having, like, questions. I mean. Or doubting. Yeah. Doubting God versus doubting yourselves. I I think for me, you know, sometimes we act on our feelings and our emotions. And so we're driven by that. And we're like, oh, it must be of God. And then there's things that we believe that God has said to us. Uh, We talked about this in the prayer uh, workshop about how how do we know that it's really God speaking to us? And we've even talked about it, you know, even in the podcast and how Mm -hmm. that we want to make sure that what we're hearing is of God. And I think Gideon was, you know, in my opinion, I don't know, saying, God, if this is of you, I'll move forward. I'll do it if it's of you. But I want to make sure it's of you. And I mm-hmm. think that's something that we should take to heart. Not saying that we don't trust God or we don't believe that God's speaking to us. We're not saying that because God's a God that speaks. And He's a God that leads. And He's a God that directs us. And, and, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, so we don't have the fleece so much as, you know, we don't have the way that God spoke to the Israelites. He, he speaks to us differently through the Holy Spirit. So mm-hmm. we have to discern. That's why God gave us discernment. We've got the scripture they didn't have of how God works in the heart of God. But, yeah, I think that that's what uh, is happening. And he, you know, he did what God said. He tore down, you know, the bell altars, and he really wanted to follow God. So I think mm-hmm. probably God, you know, knew his heart. Mm-hmm. So anything else about judges that got your attention? Well, pretty much as far as I've gotten in my readings. So. <laughs> well, there <laughs> I you go. I haven't even gotten yeah. to Samson yet. And we all know about Samson and 
mm-hmm. how God, you know, wanted to use him. And, and once again, there's that cycle of, you know, obedience, disobedience, discipline, and repentance. And I guess, Kara, you know, not to end this on a bad note, but the discipline part that a lot of times we're talking about, we consider that punishment, and it's discipline. And it's, you know, really how God directs us a lot of the times. And, you know, we're talking about how do we know? Do we throw out a fleece out in the yard and ask God to, you know, bring down the dew? Or do we ask God, and and if we're going our own direction, how's He going to redirect us unless He puts things and hindrances and roadblocks and things that we consider withholding God's best when really it's actually uh, taking away what's not best to give you what is best, or you're going in such a direction that if you continue to go in that direction, God knows, only God knows, that it would be a moral failure. It might be a failure or something that is devastating and he's trying to protect us. So discipline is always out of love. But often people see God's discipline as God's punishment or his unforgiveness. And it does not mean that at all. You know, as a parent, I remember when my mother used to say, now this is going to hurt me worse than it hurts you. And I thought, no, I think this hurts worse. And yet now as a mom, understand what she means. I don't Mm -hmm. think God wants to punish us or discipline us. I think God wants to love us because that's what he is. Mm -hmm. But out of his love for us, he has to sometimes remove things that are detrimental to us. He has to put things in our ways to keep us from going down. It's like a, a roadblock. They have started working on this road and right past that roadblock is a big hole and you can keep going down that road and you see this roadblock and just go right through the uh, roadblock all of the you know things they put in the road you know these big old cinder block things yes and you know try to run through it well the people that are working on the road the people that know they're the ones that know if you go past this roadblock you're going to die. There's no more road. There's a hole. And we just keep pushing through it. And I think that that's sometimes God, you know, they guardrails, you know, don't go over too much to the side. Red lights, don't go past, don't go through a red light. All of these things that we experience in the world is for our protection. And we see things sometimes when, like you were, you know, we were bringing up, Gideon said, well, God, if if you're really for us, why is all these bad things happening? And I think it's just all in how you view the heart of God and you view your circumstances. Either you're going to believe that God does not withhold what's best and that God will only do what is best and that whatever God has allowed in your life, it has come through love. Are you going to be like everybody else and you're going to think, God, you're just a bad God. You're just, you're not loving uh, if this is how you you know take care of your children, what are you going to do to your enemies? You know, that's a lot of people have said that because they do not understand God's ways or His heart. 
And I think that that's very obvious in, in the books that we've read so far, mm-hmm. that uh, God's children felt like they could just go and do what they wanted to do. They didn't understand God's holiness, but they might have viewed God's ways and telling them, you know, don't be like all these other people around you because their lives are miserable. And he wants our life to be good. And he died so that we could have good life. Well, some people's lives aren't good, though. If they don't have Jesus. But if they have Jesus, their life is good. Their circumstances may not be good. But they have hope and they have the power to withstand and walk through whatever valley and whatever mountain of water that's or you know is ahead of them. But if you have Jesus, I'm not saying your circumstances are going to be any different than the world. But I will say this, your hope is and you have the power to overcome. And God has a plan for our lives and it's good. And he takes responsibility. When you give your life to the Lord, He takes responsibility. So when God doesn't give you, you know, we talk about this, you know, with your life where you are right now, God hasn't done what you wanted Him to do, but there's a reason. And if you look at it as because of something I've done or because God just wants to teach me discipline or He wants to, you know, give me perseverance. No, that's not what God's doing. He's trying to protect you from destroying your life because that's what God does. He's a God of redemption. And I think that that's just kind of, you know, what we look at this. We can look at how God just continued to, you know, discipline them and allowed them to go into captivity because they wouldn't listen to him. But the reason God says to listen to him is for our benefit not his. Nothing changes about God. It's only us. And we have hope. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, DotBowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.